Good day everybody. Christian Democrat coming to you with another episode. This is the day after the Mueller report just dropped. I do think I'm not going to I'm not going to touch that one right now. I'm going to give myself a few more days to think about it. Uh, see some of the see some more of the report. It's almost 400 pages and it's hard to see in just a, a short amount of time. But I will I will bring you some some views on that, but I'll I'll take a little while to process it first. Uh, I'm not going to continue on right now with the healthcare uh, topic. I will. I know that's the most pressing issue to everybody in the middle class, and we need to have some solutions. And I need to do some more homework to get some of those solutions to you. I've got some ideas, but I want them to be a little bit more refined. And I promise I will. I will finish that little part. But there's something else on my heart that I wanted to talk about this morning, and that is. Pete Buttigieg, first openly gay man running for president, climbing in the polls as he's starting to be uh, number three in the polls. And I want to say, is it permissible for a Christian to vote for this guy? And by Christian, I mean conservative, traditional, evangelical Christian. I, I realize liberal Christians or, or mainline or mainline Christians will have no problems voting for the guy. But what about your, your traditional Bible-believing Christians? Does it mean that since this guy is, is openly homosexual and married, you shouldn't vote for him? You know, you have to vote for somebody else. I think it's a good question. I think it's a legitimate question. I wanted to kind of think through it a little bit. And believe it or not, I think uh, it is permissible to vote for this guy. And and I think we have Donald Trump to thank for that. <laughs> Crazy enough as it, as it may seem, and because in 2016 the, the evangelicals opened the door to this sort of voting and this sort of thinking in a way that previously uh, probably wouldn't be the case. I mean, uh, you know, probably in, in 2008 or whatever, we wouldn't have voted for a homosexual if you're an evangelical Christian. If you're openly gay, you'd say that probably disqualifies you from getting my vote. Uh, probably back in 2008, if you were a uh, adulterer, someone who just cheated on your spouse continuously, like Donald Trump has done, you'd say that disqualifies you from getting my vote. You know, there's a famous case of, of Gary Hart, who was a Democratic frontrunner in the primary, and it found out, the press uncovered he was having an affair just completely dropped him off the radar screen, you know, and it said that he was disqualified, even in the Democratic Party, from running for president because he was having this extramarital affair. We're far from that place now today. That's not the same place that we're at right now. And a lot of that has, for better or worse, uh, and it's probably both, actually, but uh, we have Donald Trump to thank for that. So. The argument goes like this in 2016 from the evangelicals. They said, well, Donald Trump, he's done some things in his personal private life. Um, been divorced twice. You know, he's, had, he's on wife number three. And clearly, he's had some extra amount of affairs. He's got lots more women accuse him of inappropriate uh, sexual assault that it's hard to ignore, even though he tries to bury it in the, the press. And the evangelicals will say, yeah, there are some things in his private life we don't like, but we like his politics. But we like that he's going to put 
pro-life people on the Supreme Court. But we like that he's going to be tough on immigration. But we like that he's going to put America first and not let all these foreign nations run over us. That, that is a traditional conservative view. I don't agree with that, but that's, that's their, their view, right? So they said it's, it's okay to vote for him. And they would even quote things from the Bible like, you know, um, you know look at the, some of the kings in the Bible. Some of the kings in the Bible weren't all that biblical. You know, but but they were still the kings. You know, there was a foreign king who let uh, Nehemiah come back and build the walls. You know, even though he wasn't a God follower, God fearer type person, God uses these people and God can use Donald Trump even though he's not perfect in his private life. He can do things that we think are right for public policy. Now this, this flies in the face, I think, of common sense and, and every Christian thing on leadership I've ever been taught, any book I've ever read on Christian leadership, you know, typically when you read a book on leadership you want all these tricks and, and thing tactics you can do to be a great leader and the book always starts off character first. It always starts off and says your character is the most important thing in being a leader, a good leader, and if you don't have good character you're not going to be able to be a good leader. So all these ideas, and these evangelicals know this, I don't know what they're selling really other than they just have married themselves to the Republican Party so far that they can't ever get away from it, that, you know, leaders, your character somehow, your private life doesn't somehow impact what you do in public policy. And, you know, the Mueller report is showing that time and time again Donald Trump lacks character. So, but having made that argument now, now that, that door is open to say, well, their private life, you know, is not as critical as what their public policy is. So now that does open the door for Pete Buttigieg to be voted for. Now you can say, someone like, I don't agree with his personal life, but I agree with his public policy, I can vote for him. Now you may not agree with his public policy, so you may not want to vote for him, but it at least opens the door. Um, and since I told you that that was really a bad argument from the evangelical community, let me give you a better argument to say that this guy, Pete Buttigieg, he's openly gay, which is contrary to scripture, but that's one part of his life. You need to look at all of his life, okay? You need to look at all of his policy. If you go back to my you know, wedge issues talk or demonization talk, don't look at one issue, right? You can't look at one single issue. Just because he's a homosexual doesn't mean he's a bad politician. He may be very skilled. In fact, he seems to be very skilled in politics. He seems to be a very, very bright individual. He's got service in the military. He's got some background uh, with local politics as being mayor of a small city that would say, okay, these are things that would be helpful for him in becoming president. Not that he's perfect or, you know, he doesn't have foreign policy experience and so forth. He's not on the big stage, but he's got some things in his background that would say this guy might do a good job even though there's some areas in his life he's living outside of scripture. Okay, because the truth is there's areas of all of our lives that we're living outside of scripture. Right, you can't cherry pick, when you're, when you're voting for people, you can't, really just can't cherry pick the sins can't go through and say, well, this one sin above all else. 
because we, we sort of did that with Donald Trump. Donald Trump did not commit that one sin, so we let him do all the other sins. <laughs> Somehow we, we, we let him come through and do anything he wants because he's given us a few policy proposals that we like. Okay, let me, let me give you another argument. Actually, my wife came up as I was trying to wrestle through this issue and think about it from a, a, biblical, a biblical perspective, you know. How many of the great patriarchs that we revere and we think are great examples in the faith, and they are, had multiple wives in the Bible? Uh, they were clearly living way outside of scriptural bounds of what they should have been living. You know, Moses had more than one wife. Abraham had one or more than one wife, or had a concubine. Jacob had many wives. David had more than wives. Um, Solomon had many, many wives. Okay, there's lots of people in the scriptures that had more than one wife. I can't imagine coming home to my wife today and telling her, you know, I think I want to marry a couple more women. Or, or walking into my, you know, fairly conservative church and saying, hey, I've, here are my three wives, you know, uh, the church would be all over me, my wife would probably rightly divorce me. Um, it would be crazy, but at that time, in that society, it was considered okay to have multiple wives. It was, it was kind of a status to have more than one wife. You know, we're, we're often blind to our social conditions, and right now, being homosexual is viewed as a good thing and a huge part of our society. It's, it's something that's hard for people to not look at as a good thing unless you're either a homophobe or you have some sort of biblical basis for your belief. So it, it's clearly not in keeping with scripture, but there's a lot of aspects of Pete Buttigieg that I really like and I think his, his character looks really good. Now I have a lot more to learn about the guy and maybe I'll find out that he's not as good as I think, but all in all, when you look at the whole picture, I can say, yeah, there are parts of him that I don't agree with and don't like, but as a whole, I really like the candidate. I really think he would do good for our country and it's okay for me to vote for him. And it's okay for me to say, you know, this is the person I think the best lead our country even though there's parts of him I don't agree with because there's going to be parts of every candidate I don't agree with. Now, you may have a different opinion. You may think some other candidate is better than Pete Buttigieg, and that's fine. But my argument is that it's okay to vote for an openly gay man. An openly gay man may well be the best person to lead our country and be able to navigate all the policies, to navigate all the, the pressures of politics. And I'll tell you what, to be in that head office, you need to have a whole lot of character. We, we need people of character. We, not, we don't need less character. We need more character. And there may be parts of his life that I don't agree with, but I think all in all, his character is as good as anybody, any candidates I've seen thus far running for office. So it's a strange evolution where we come from uh, people committing adultery or completely cast out of the political process to people who have serious sexual problems are now uh, considered major frontrunners in our political process, at least problems from a biblical perspective. So uh, that's my message for today. Check out Pete Buttigieg. Uh, see if he 
matches up with your other views and is worth your your votes come next year. Uh, I think it'll be an exciting race. I think I'll probably do a couple more podcasts on uh, different Democratic candidates and uh, probably talk about the Mueller report some. I will get back to healthcare. I know it's it's a huge issue. We've got to get some more headway there. We've got to get those problems solved. If you have some other ideas you want me to talk about or think about, uh, leave me a message. Um, otherwise, everybody have a very blessed Easter weekend. I'm out.